Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Where Citra has gone back in time four levels. And we get to sleep. <laughs> more importantly, we finally get to rest after I don't even know how many episodes we've been fighting through this place. Yeah, but the sad uh, thing is it hasn't really bit. been that long in game time. Like we're No, not, no, I think no. in game time we, we figured out it was like an hour and a half or and something we're going like to go that. hang around in a room for a little while until we're all actually tired. That's true. Maybe play some Senate, you know. Yep. <laughs> the non-magical version. The non-magical version. <laughs> That's not all versions of Senate are magical. I've never played yeah. it. But, the magical uh, friendship. Rachel beat me because her dice luck's better, and Senate is also about dice luck. Except you're rolling sticks. Stick luck. Stick luck, one might say. <laughs> Political, yeah. yeah. Stick luck. <laughs> Political joke, but in the real world, no one wins at Senate. <laughs> uh, anyway. uh, excellent. It's excellent. sad because it's true. That is a, a cross time and space joke because I bet that would have held up in like ancient Greece too. Oh, no, <laughs> the Romans would have definitely giggled at that for sure. Regardless. Uh, so, yeah, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers, after 138 episodes of uh, continued fighting in some of their cases, now deep inside of the Sightless Sphinx had met up with a uh, a ghostly compatriot in the form of Lady Sophronia. I was going to say Who the last of the Templars totally of cool. Serenray, but honestly, she died before a lot of them did. She is uh, totally wrecking face, though, so very She's glad rad. to have her along. She's real effective. I kind of regret you guys coming here first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too bad. No takesy-backsies. Mm. But, uh... After having uh, gone exploring for a little bit, you'd entered into a uh, chamber that I affectionately call K24A. Is that what you affectionately call it, or is that what the map affectionately calls it? Why not both? It can be both, you know? Kind of makes me want to, like, label the uh, the recording studio or something, like my office and just bar 26 or something is my room number. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> number all the rooms in your house. Rick's house does have 26 giant rooms in it. It's true. <laughs> You have to get past the mimic and all sorts of other stuff to get to the recording There's a moat around it. It's, all, it's a whole <laughs> yes. thing, man. This is the moat. episode where everyone learns that I'm an oil baron. <laughs> <laughs> you are in Texas. <laughs> I am in Texas. You probably have horses now, in your backyard, too. That's true. However, you uh, you did all make your way to the Grand Temple of Areshkigal, wherein you were forced to fight a quartet of advanced specters. That was not so much fun. Yeah, they kind of, uh, of kicked my butt. <laughs> they kind of negative leveled you. Also, if uh, any of did. you had been killed by them by their level drain, it would have turned you into an undead, at which point you could throw that scroll of raised dead out the window because it would do nothing. I, yep. I oh. did finally get to use my, my fancy ability of etheric strike, though, so that was fun. It's true. Yeah. The heroes after this fight had had a uh, brief discussion and decided that discretion was the greater part of valor. And First, we played with a mirror. It's true. You played with a mirror. You scried. You found the uh, the bee baby. Yeah, it's more like a bee toddler, though. Toddlers are still babies. Yeah, yeah. they're still a baby. Well, because again, they only ever re they never refer to it as a baby. They only refer to it as a larva. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're the ones who made it babies, and then of course we were wrong. It's better than being a bee chrysalis. Mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> That's when they're in their angsty teen phase, where they just <laughs> hide inside of their cocoon. Yeah, they're just a nasty mess of junk up in a body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, chrysalis but are gross. But bees don't do cocoons, do they? I know. I know <laughs> they don't. I couldn't think of the next phase after larva. 
I think yeah, it's just pupa. <laughs> or is pupa first? Pupa first, I think. Entomologists, get get back to us on this. No, it's larva, pupa. Ah. Oh. Uh, so, you were, so it's egg, larva, pupa, adult. Okay, so pupa would be the teenage phase. This makes uh, sense. Yeah. And once again, her her druid knowledge kicks in and gives her the answer she's not even sure about, but she's I still mean, right. I want to <laughs> yeah. still call it the bee baby. Cause that's funny. Bee baby. I want to get one of those bee things you put on your window, and you can see the colony, you know, and and yeah. it's like against your window on the outside, obviously, and you can watch the obviously. colony build their honey and stuff. <laughs> Jess, I hate to ruin your life, but you're guess allergic, who's allergic to, to bees. bees. Yes, yeah. that's why I don't yeah. have it. Yes, yes. So is Rick. That's why I, I will die. <laughs> we won't. But have the bees, that. we need them. We do need bees. Bees are important. I like my adventures, like I like my coffee covered in bees moving on from there however you did see the bee baby who is in the uh careful carrying hands of the cult of Reshkigal, the yeah yeah i i'm not sure, not sure. That's the, the description yeah. i would use the moth Again, what, what is the purpose of keeping the bee baby like is it glabberzoo food like why why are they because the it? cult so wanted questions. it the cult kidnapped the bee baby to try to get the rest of the three A back in line, and then the Moftets stole the bee baby. But I don't because know what the Moftets' ultimate goal is for the bee baby. I think yeah. their goal was just to to mess with the uh, the cult, the other cult. So many cults in here. He who controls the honey controls the universe. Apparently, <laughs> that's their plan. Was this written by bees? Maybe this is, maybe we're all bees. (laughs) Another druid fact, bee honey is highly sought after by all kinds of other insects and things, so. That's true. That's a a thing in the insect world. Other random druid fact, it is good if you eat honey from your local area because it actually helps with your allergies for your area. Let me tell you, that is a life pro tip, if ever there was one. We're just druid facting like Third crazy on bees. Welcome to Find the Bees, the All Bee Podcast. That's why you Welcome buy Texas Science. Facts, the final podcast. druid fact is give a small, not a, too small because it's bad for them, but give a child who's never had it some honeycomb to chew on and their face will be hilarious to watch. Druid facts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't if that's a druid fact. Or... That's just a funny fact. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I like it a lot. If I were a druid, I would do that. I feel like this you is all would. getting cut now. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> Some of this will make it in. Depends. Same uh, with funny. So maybe they just want honey. I, I don't know. Does it, three ray honey, honey has magical divinatory properties. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's like super we duper still have good honey. Some of it. Yeah, yeah. The royal jelly does. Too yeah. bad we don't have any. Uh, too bad they're not bear people and they're sphinx people. You know. Oh my god. You know, uh, a large size Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh going after yep. these guys. Oh, and all man. I would hear them would be singing freaking honey song. The dread cultist Winnie. Yep. <laughs> I'm just a little black rain cloud. The the party after their divination had decided to retreat back. Retreat back to the secret chamber in which the Templars of Serenray had left some of their supplies before departing. The stuff that they couldn't carry because they were overencumbered. It's a very hard to find secret chamber, so even if somebody notices that this section of the temple is open, we should still be fairly safe in here. As long as we stay quiet, Narmer. Shargash. <laughs> Way to narc. <laughs> <laughs> This chamber is a perfect cube, which unfortunately has terrible acoustics. <laughs> we need to put some bass traps up in here, some diffusion <laughs> boards. Wow. My ticking is just reverberating everywhere. <laughs> uh, I'm supposed to begin. You all settle in. 
uh, unroll your bedrolls, make yourselves as comfortable as possible. Again, there are the moldering remains of bed frames in here. You're not entirely positive what this room was initially intended to be. Maybe some sort of panic room or secret prison. However, the, the bed frames themselves are thoroughly rotted after over a hundred years of lack of use. Uh, honestly, the wood is mostly fried, but any of the actual padding and such, which would have just been straw, has a particularly foul stench to it. So I imagine you just shove that away in a corner off to the side, settle in. The night passes rather uneventfully. I assume all of you just sitting here probably just let Sudi pull out one of his ever-burning torches and set it in the center of the room so that you have... Light that you don't have to constantly recast the spell every couple hours. I mean, doesn't yep. my Wayfinder just stay on? Your Wayfinder also just stays on. Either way. Let Sudi have his torch. I just, I just say Apparently, yeah, I was going to say, apparently the Discord was very upset that I never get to use the torch. <laughs> <laughs> the, the paladin with you slightly glows, so there's that. Also, so does the holy symbol that she gave to, or that Citra's carrying. Well, Sudi's I think got it now. Sudi has it at the moment, unless he gave it back. Oh, okay, I was going to say, I don't know if we gave it back after hey, we... You'll probably well, want to talk to the ghost. We'll yeah, see. if you need... Yeah. 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 So that Please way. don't make Citra wake up. <laughs> I love it. Just the idea that like Citra's mouth is just opening and saying words as she's just like she's just sleep talking. <laughs> yeah, the snoring in between. <laughs> I imagine all of you sit around in a circle here, probably whisper chat quietly, trying not to make too much noise since that's more likely to give you away at this point than anything else. Uh, Masika would be carefully checking over Narmer because yeah, he regenerates, but he also got punched really bad earlier th- that day. <laughs> Masika. This is a great opportunity to practice our mime work. Your what? He then starts to put himself in an invisible cube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mime. Oh, yeah. oh, buddy. Mime work. Did you just say mime-or? Mime work. Uh-huh. It's kind of hard to say. All right, fan artists, I'm going to need Narmer as Mr. Mime. <laughs> no, that's right terrifying. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it would be amazing. Honestly, just Mimer in a black and white striped shirt with a little beret. Uh, oh, that would be cute. <laughs> the lot of you settle in. I imagine Sudi, you probably... Again, Lady Sophronia has no issue taking all of the watches because she's undead and never sleeps. Great. Yeah, but I don't sleep more than two hours a night, so... Which, seriously, I wish I had in real life. Besides, if uh, Narmer is left on his own devices, he's going to ask her 7,000 questions. True, <laughs> sure probably hasn't gotten to talk to somebody in a long time. I bet she's yeah. excited about that. Uh, yeah. I know I would be. I imagine Sudi and Lady Sophronia probably have a a long, in-depth conversation. Lady Sophronia, just pleased to have someone to talk to. Sudi, you have it for the first time, I think, ever having a, uh, a lawful, good, undead creature to, to discuss an individual interested in reaching the fulfillment of their, uh, unfortunately, continued existence past death. So, being able to actually expand see that perspective from the uh, the point of view of a follower for asthma I imagine it'd be rather interesting because Sudi didn't exactly get a full education into like the priesthood so it's like your 101 class is if you see undead there's a 99% chance they're evil kill them here's your book read it when you have time yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's also important to note that Sudi was trained by the Inquisitors of Phrasma. Yeah. Yeah, which are even more unlikely to want to work with undead. Yeah. Whereas the, the Church of Phrasma, priests of Phrasma would probably be very interested in finding undead spirits like this and putting them to rest in a gentler way than the Inquisitors of Phrasma, which would have been redeemed by the sword kind of thing. Yes, very uh, Serenite kind of thing. So we at least align on that. <laughs> but all of you, all of you are honestly up until well past midnight. 
considering how that you slept until well past noon the day before. And so just trying to turn around your sleep schedule again after your initial entry here, wondering what's going on outside of these walls, wondering what's going on elsewhere in the structure, wondering how soon before the the power vacuum that you yourselves kind of created as you came in here and then suddenly tipped the scales in the favor of the cult of Arushkagal, who have suffered no losses at your hands. Well, whereas the next. cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh have suffered many. To be fair, I think the cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh might have more people. It's possible. So we might have just equalized things out. Well, we're coming for that other cult now, pretty much. So All cults gotta go. We have the strange mm. little disc room, and then, yeah, after that, it's, uh... Glabrazoo time. Yeah. yeah. Is it weird that I'm kind of, like, irrationally afraid of the disc room? Yes. Like, I don't have a good reason to be scared of it, but I just feel like it's gonna be bad. You don't have a good reason to be scared of it yet. I think it's gonna be cool. Well, the fact that this whole area has been kind of, like, a Reshkigali... It makes sense to be a little bit afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that small shrine to uh, Sekhmet that you found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. All of you awaken the following day. You think that it's probably still late in the, the morning by the time that you wake up. So probably sometime around 10 or 11 or so in the morning. Citrus, Sudi, you both still feel terrible because you feel level drained. I also uh, however, you both do still. Yes, you also. I was going to say, actually, I, I didn't take any level drain. However, you both do still feel lucky because you still have the benefits from the Senate board, or at the very least, for a Yay. couple more hours. <laughs> Yay! Till five thirty. Yes, or four o'clock in Sudi's case. All right, so we'll have to mark three hundred gold pieces worth of diamond dust off of the. Um, it dispels all temporary negative levels. Nobody has any permanent negative levels right now, right? No, because right. we haven't rolled for it. Because it has gone for 24 hours. So Hollis and Citra's negative levels are removed. And then Yay. it removes permanent ability drain. But if you have more than one, you choose which one. And I think Sudi had two stats. Yeah, that I've got it right in now. my strength and charisma, but I'd like to get rid of that strength uh, drain. Masika, as you settle down to do your uh, your playtime with Narmer, to uh-huh. commune with uh, Narmer and prepare your spells, Lady Sophronia would glide her way over, settling near you, bowing and climbing her head. Excuse me, may I, may I make a request of you? Sure. I only just at this moment, considering that I have not had to engage in battle since my time here, realized that my ability to channel positive energy does nothing to heal myself, nor do I heal naturally. And as such, could I make a request that you could prepare something to restore me if I should become further injured. Yeah, I can. Uh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, whoops. All right. Uh, so would you please prepare some inflict spells for me? Yes. <laughs> I would greatly appreciate that. All right, Narmer, new plan. Oh, do I have to do the inflict dance? Yes. <laughs> what okay, is the I inflict have to dance? Know, what is the inflict dance? It mostly looks like a karate routine. <laughs> So you're shadow boxing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like a shadow box. A shadow of a shadow box that I made with mimery. <laughs> Can't see, but Rick is like miming himself in a box. <laughs> not well. Either. Not well. I'm not. A mime. No, not not well at all. But hilariously, Masika, you pray, commune with the spirits of nature and armor. Settle down with uh, your compatriots. Again, I think just at that point, uh, Sigura and... Not Sigura, I'm sorry. Whoa, that was, weird. That was a callback. Uh, at that point, Citra and Hollis 
and channel them full of the positive energy of life. Uh, removing their level right. And then CD gets his uh, strength back. Oh, yeah, boy. And like I said, we'll have to mark off 300 gold worth of diamond dust. All of the diamond dust. I'm slowly chipping away at those resources. <laughs> so I wish I had some sort of spell that when I like, I can make someone into a diamond, you know, like baleful polymorph, but for diamonds. You know how useful that would be for an adventurer? Like, why has nobody come up with that? That's the spell right there. Hollis's magical diamond factory. And uh, the dexterity um, hit that I took, does that heal up as well? Uh, one back. point of it. That's all I had down. Okay. Hollis is going to cast mage armor. Oh, first she's going to cast greater reversion. Then she's going to cast mage armor. Right. So I guess we're going to go look at the disc room and then we're going to go fight the Moftet. I gotta say, this is gonna be a great day, y'all. Okay. I don't like it when you say that because I just feel like you're sending jinxy vibes into the universe. She's just radiating positive life and energy. We're gonna solve a weird puzzle thing. We're gonna find the bee baby, toddler, pupa thing. It's gonna be good. We're gonna find a, a undead, not undead. You're undead. She points at the <laughs> paladin. We're gonna find a glabrazu. There's no need to fight me. Fulfill her, you know, wish and whatnot. It's going to be a good day. Masika would wine armor. It would be nice to pass on. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully we can help with that. Hollis puts her hat on. I'm ready. All right. Well, let's go deal with this room with the disc in it. You slide open the secret door here. Find the cultists hanging around. Twenty-five outside. cultists stand outside now. <laughs> fireball! 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 I was going to say, just fireball them all gone. <laughs> All of them are monks, monks with evasion. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think the monk cultists have been the biggest issue you guys have no, had. No, the so monk far. cultists have been awful. I hate them. High so level much. monks are yeah. a real pain, man. I mean, they're rad, but not to fight. But I suppose you then begin to navigate your way back through this this section again. the The room you exit out into is just scorched walls, floor, ceiling, every square inch of it still burned soot black. You navigate your way through here, through one of the two exits, the other exit from this room leading back into the chamber where you met Lady Sophronia, and take the hallway south of the mud chamber towards the room that you'd passed whenever you're making your way back to Lady Sophronia, I think like three episodes ago, four maybe. And eventually make your way down, I keep wanting to say southwest, not southwest, but just west. You follow the hallway back down around the bottom of the mud room before beginning to approach the open archway. Stepping through, you find yourself in a room containing a round stone disc which hovers some two feet off of the sandy floor in the center of this room. A golden glow radiates from beneath the disc, giving it the appearance of floating on a luminous cloud. The image of a snarling sphinx stretches its engraved wings across a stone door on the far wall. Beneath the sphinx's outstretched wings, hordes of tiny, twisted demons are carved upon the door, capering or cavorting. If this is a logic puzzle, Citra solves it in two seconds and we move on. <laughs> <laughs> Hollis claps her hands together and rubs them greedily like, yes, it's time, and uh, cast detect magic on the little floaty thing. Casting detect magic, there is magic. Hey, magic. You may make a spellcraft if you wish. Oh, that's a big number. Um, I rolled a 17 for a... 38. 38? Yes. You're not able to determine exactly what magical effect is on this. Hmm. 
as it doesn't seem to exactly mimic a spell. There's a moderate transmutation aura coming off of not only the cloud, but as well as the stone. And you can tell that it's somehow connected to the door on the far side of the chamber. Although how exactly, you're not quite positive. With your check, you do, however, realize that the, uh, the transmutation magic seems to be causing the levitation effect on the stone. It seems like it would be able to support a fair amount of weight, but not a massive amount. As if the stone itself is already taking up most of the weight that the levitation effect can hold. And so, as such, you don't know if it could support much more. Hollis is going to, you know, methodically and with great intelligence, uh, touch the stone. <laughs> Wonderful. Can I this check it for traps before she does such a thing? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, of course. You're you standing right next traps. to it. Your trap spotter should have gone off since you're that close I know. to it. I just feel better stating that for the record. But essentially, Hollis wants <laughs> Let to, the record like, show. Put a little weight on it with her hand and see if that, like, does anything. At this point, this is a science experiment, right? Because I don't know. As you place your hand on it, you see small etching light, almost as if cracks in the surface of the stone, as if a light comes from somehow inside and seeps out of the stone. This soft, golden light. Pushing down, it does have a little bit of, like, not wobble, but you can feel like it can be depressed, although you'd need a lot more force than just your hand. Does anything happen with the door? No. All right, y'all. I feel like we got to put something on this. Or we stand on it and we're judged by Reshkigal because that's what this reminds me of. Uh, none I'm of s- us are going to pass a test of a Reshkigal. Definitely not. I mean, I did read through a bunch of papers, I imagine, because I collected all of them uh, from that weird scriptorium. Can I use maybe what I've read about it and look at this door and see if I can like figure out what the deal is with this uh, whole situation? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All I can tell you pertaining towards that is there was nothing in those articles that had anything to do about a ritual like this. Mm. Anyone that wishes to may make me an alt religion. I'm just going to roll 17s today, apparently. Hey, we'll take 17s. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for combat. I roll a 17 for a 38. Okay, I roll a 13 for an 18. Masika rolls a 13 for a 26. Thinking about this, Hollis, this doesn't specifically look like a sacrificial altar. Hmm. Again, you pass the sacrificial altar to that other room back there. That one really looked like a sacrificial altar. True. (laughs) However, does look like it's somehow used in some form of obedience to Ereshkigal. It looks like some, probably some form of obedience for Ereshkigal. I can try to mimic such a thing. If we're all cool with it. I mean, I don't suppose we have any other options. I don't have a divination today. I needed to ask for spells to fix y'all up instead. So I've got no help when it comes to divining an answer today. All right, I'm going to cut my hand with my knife and drip some blood onto this altar. Do I know any, like, holy prayer things to Ereshkigal? I don't think any of us speak abyssal, so we haven't Mm. been able to read any of them. And yeah, I'll just say, oh, great Ereshkigal. And then I bleed. I draw like a symbol of Ereshkigal. Do we know what the symbol is? I'm sure we've seen it, but I don't remember. I don't know why, but I'm getting serious like fifth element vibes right now. Like we're in the temple at the very end, only this time we're not like releasing a great power to stop a great evil. We're like encouraging <laughs> the great evil. Yeah, I feel like we're going to open up and it's just going to be a Ereshkigal and they're like, hey guys. 
If a Reshkigal is in there, then we're done. <laughs> yeah. Placing your bloody hand on this, mm-hmm. nothing happens. Hmm. I'm going to stand on it. Oh, boy. Hollis is going to climb up on this disc and stand on top of it and see what happens. Out of curiosity. <laughs> oh, boy. How much does Hollis weigh? Hollis weighs 140 pounds plus her gear. 140 pounds. Okay. okay. You leap up probably the first cowboy boots to ever touch the top of this platform. (laughs) The soft jingle jangle of your spurs. As you step up onto this platform, you feel it steadily sink. All right. The golden mist underneath this seems to siphon off. Almost as if there was something like cotton being compressed down by the stone. As it billows out, it floods into the entirety of this room. Rolling across all of you to about six inches deep or so Hmm. before it convalesces forward, rolls up the door and flows into the tiny carved mouths of the demons. Uh Uh-oh. The door on the opposite side of the room glows softly golden and slides upwards into the ceiling with a soft scraping sound. Oh. Sudi like kind of braces waiting for like a boom or a explosion or anything. Now is the door going to close when you get off of it? Probably. So y'all are going to have to go for Oh, we can't. Somebody's going to have to stay out here. Well, you stay there. Okay. And we will explore within. I'm sure like a re- the the cultist of Reshkigal would actually just throw a dead body on it or something. Mm, probably. Seems like their kind of vibe. I was going to say do do we have stuff that we could just pull out of a bag and keep it weighted down? I don't really have anything that heavy. I don't either. I intentionally didn't take any of my heavy stuff and left it way back on the camels a million miles yeah. away. My gear altogether weighs like 20 pounds. Yeah. Because of my haversack and stuff. Okay. Well, I don't like the idea of leaving you there, but... All right. So I guess the, the rest of us sans Hollis will uh, <laughs> step into this room. Okay. Boy, this seems like a bad idea. The rest of you circle around the outside of the platform. Hollis watching you go forward, probably glancing back over his shoulder as all of you step through the door, just kind of keeping an eye on the archway behind you as well, because danger could come from any direction. Don't worry about me. I'll see the danger coming. Do you have a dimension door ready, just in case? Oh, yeah. What do you take me for? Some kind of... I just just want to make sure. Yeah, but if she gets off that platform, we're going to be stuck in this room. Forever. Then I'm fine. It's fine. For a while, anyway. I'll put a wall of fire over here if it becomes a problem. All right. The party, Sans Hollis, make their way forward, begin to pass under this arch stone, through this doorway, imagine eyeing up to the softly glowing door that you can still see the bottom of it at the top of the arch. Directly over the arch, you can still see the hieroglyphs. Again, most of the hieroglyphs that you've seen in this place have been in praise to Baresh Kigal. As you pass by here, you can see a number of hieroglyphs denoting this as the Chamber of the Invisible Step. Uh Uh-oh. Stepping into the chamber of the invisible step, you fall over because the step was invisible. Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. That was what I thought. A round stone platform sits off towards the side of this room. Its edges traced with graceful runes etched in silver. A bas relief of a female head wearing a pharaoh's headdress. Its blank face emblazoned with a spiky rune decorates the wall opposite of the platform. The lower third of each wall is inlaid with countless clear crystals 
forming a rough and dazzling perimeter around the room. As you step in with your light, it reflects off of all of these crystals in a a prismatic array of color around your waist level, shining down and off the floor. Off towards one side, you see a large statue of a cat-headed humanoid. The figure looks down at all of you impassably. Again, its head looks less like a Linus, like you'd expect from a a depiction of Bast or Sekhmet, and more like a Lynx. Well, Masika's going to cast Detect Magic. Uh, Sidra will approach the platform and kind of look it over. I guess Sudi will start trying to read the hieroglyphs and just see if there's any, like, information besides just, like, you know, prayers to Reshkigal or anything like that. Lady Sophronia stands her ground. Masika, you sweep the room. It's odd. You detect magic. The same magic that you've detected in every room in this place because the walls themselves are magical. And then there's just a hole directly over the platform, as if the magic that suffuses the entirety of the rest of this place does not suffuse this platform. So your detect magic actually detects the opposite of magic, which I guess is mundanity. (laughs) Citra, making your way over towards this platform, looking it over, you may make spellcraft. I mean, she's been studying. We believe in you. Eh, It's not terrible, but considering I don't have much uh, in the way of spellcraft, I rolled a 15 for an 18. You can tell that there are some runes of transmutation on this. You're not sure what they do. There's also an extraordinarily intricate design carved in silver across the top of this. Mm. That you kind of feel like if you were standing on the platform or in the center of the platform and looking down, as odd as this sound would almost give you a perspective as if you were looking into a room. So imagine imagine a carving on the floor that looks like a hall, but you could only see that design if you were standing in the center of the carving. Hmm. Hey, Hollis, the magic that prevents all the teleportation and all of that is not above a platform in here. Oh, uh, is it some sort of gate or a teleportation circle or a... Anyone that wishes may make me a knowledge history or linguistics. Oh, hey, I have... Well, I can't read it, but I have history. Can I roll it even though I'm not in this room? Yes. I have history. Now that you've been given this information. Okay. I only roll a five for a uh, 12, so... I'm going to roll another 17 for for (laughs) a 33. I'm going to die in combat today, (laughs) y'all. Masika rolls a 12 for a 19 on linguistics. Okay. So, Masika, there's something about all this that's striking you as, like, there's a connection here. Hollis, you make the connection after a couple moments of thinking. It's a translation error. Hmm. Not really necessarily a translation error. There is not an ancient Osiriani word for teleportation. They refer to it as the invisible step. Oh. Oh. Y'all, that's the chamber of teleportation. It's a translation error. So they could use this room to get in and out of the Sphinx. It's probably the only place that you can, which explains why it's guarded with the weird key. True, but I wonder if, uh, what does it look like when you stand up on that platform? Oh, none of us are standing on it yet, but I can if you think it's safe. I mean, if it doesn't have magic, seems safe enough to me. Alright. Citra begins climbing up onto the platform. Okay. Sudi, looking over the runes here, yeah, they seem to be various abasements and prayers to Ereshkigal. Again, it's nothing that really jumps out at you as a, as anything of real interest. I mean, it would make sense for this room to work like this, because if somebody teleported in, 
they couldn't get out of this room unless somebody activated the pedestal on the other side. Citra, you step forward, climb up onto the platform, take a few steps forward as you look down and go, yeah, it does look like if you were standing here, you could almost perfectly envision this wide chamber. It's a very striking design. And uh, go ahead and make me a spellcraft. Rolled a two for a five. Artistically speaking, it's beautiful. (laughs) You look this over. You look back towards your companions. And then something occurs to you. You and Sudi, correct me if I'm wrong, both have golem bane scarabs and have stepped into a room with a giant statue that turns to look at you as you step up onto the platform since you didn't use your golem bane scarabs to determine whether or not this was a golem. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Did I totally miss the fact that there was a statue in here? I totally described a statue with a lynx head standing off towards one side, looming over this room as it animates to try to kill you. I thought it was a carving in the wall. I thought, okay, yeah, because you used some term that I hadn't heard of. I thought that meant it was like a carving too. Ah, uh, crud. I used, right. the, I used the term a bas-relief to describe the female head carved into one wall, and then I later on described that there was a statue. Yeah, he said there was a statue. Head-headed woman who then yeah. animates and will now try to kill you. Run back well, into the room with that's... Hollis, and Hollis can hey, jump Hollis off the platform. See? Technically, so I take none of this blame. Yeah. I was told that there was a platform, and so I acted with what I knew. I, I'm actually really glad I didn't do what I was going to do and actually swap places with Hollis. <laughs> so we'll deal with this, and then we'll swap places. So let's go Boy, ahead and get howdy. some combat here. Crud. Bring him to the front of the door. No, we just <laughs> run through those doors, and then you get off the platform, and you no, know what? No, but then we won't find out the secret coolness that's in this place. Well, it's- this might be a good clue for something. I don't know. Got a raging clue. Yes. I thought Golem Bank Scarabs were just it's a like standard no, no, you have to actually oh, wow. activate them to detect. If, We've had this conversation a couple yep. times now. I'm sure yep, we have, now. and I forget every freaking time. I, I totally missed that it was a statue. Like I was uh, writing. <laughs> and we've passed a ton of statues in here that y'all have not checked, too. There's a statue of a Reshkigal in almost every single one of these rooms. We just assume it's a scrying statue. I didn't hear statue. y'all suggesting yeah, us been to check it. Well, I don't well, have one, so it, I don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to be Sagira, who eyed every statue in every room with suspicion. <laughs> Maybe you should. Yeah. Sagira wasn't paranoid. The statues were actually out to get her. Mm-hmm. I just had to teach you guys a little bit about that. I don't really hold you to it. Ooh, get to use an entirely new stat block for a creature here. Uh-oh. Y'all, I think I'm definitely going to die in this episode because I just rolled a nat 20. So that means I've rolled like four 17s and a nat 20. That's what you get for saying, oh, it's going to be a good day. I know. Hey, but maybe it is. <laughs> so far, Hollis has had a great time. <laughs> yep. She's doing some investigation, some archaeology. It's nice. So let's go ahead and get initiative from the party. Hollis Starkweather. I rolled a nat 20 for a 27. Sudikantar. I roll an 18 for a 21. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls a 19, which gets her a 22. Citra Nahamra. Citra also rolled an 18 and got a 24. Guys are doing pretty good. Lady Sophronia rolls a 7, getting her a 12. <laughs> and the golem. Now, the golem is not doing anything to hide, nor was it. Uh, however, there will be a surprise attack round because Hollis literally cannot see it. That makes sense. There's nothing I can do anyway. Yeah. So, surprise attack round. Uh, Hollis, you are not acting surprise attack round. Citra Nahamra. Well, 
By the way, I will say I really like the artwork for this statue. It, it looks really cool. cool. I can't see it's it. A, a very angry kitty. It's a very angry, <laughs> like hairless cat um, person. Unfortunately, I don't think I can get to it. Uh, uh, if you charged, you could get to it, but I yeah, don't know but if I'm you'd on want the to. platform. I don't think I can charge if I have to jump off of this, can I? Also, if you only have a standard action, you can only charge at your regular movement speed, not W movement speed. Ah, uh, well, never mind then. I will at least draw my weapons and hop down. All right. So you can move your way forward. Probably about 20 feet. I don't want to necessarily get up in its grill yet, <laughs> but uh, definitely want to be able to next turn. <laughs> Masika of the Beckon. Can I make any kind? It's an arcana for golems, right? It's arcana for golems. And most of the time, magic can't even hurt these things from what we fought it golems. depends on the type, yeah. Oh, could I have rolled? I have arcana. You could roll arcana as well. Masika's going to move back to where Hollis is and step on the platform. She looks at you like what? So uh, a golem just animated in there, and you're going to be way more useful than I am. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 17 for 28, by the way, Arcana. Citra, you do actually recognize what this is. Hey, nice. Unfortunately, you know nothing about it. Oh, this thanks. is a creature known as a pantheron golem. Right. Uh, it has a panther-like head. Cool. Carefully constructed to serve as tomb guardians and protectors of their creators and their treasure. Pantherons are a variant of clay golems. The majority of these golems were created during the first age in Osirian, though evidence of their existence has turned up beyond the nation's borders. A pantheron stands over eight feet tall, weighs 600 pounds. While its sculpted form may vary, it's typically muscular and wears no clothing save for a simple Osirian skirt. As a fun side note, uh, Osirian's golem makers dispute the notion that the pantheron's design was simply the work of some arcane crafter. Instead, many of them believe this inspiration for its creation was bestowed by the ancient gods themselves. The design for golems has changed little from their initial creation of the first age, and most variations only came along during the second age of Osirian. Oh, cool. Unfortunately, you know nothing pertaining towards it, but... Some OG golems right here. Yeah. So, Masika, you rush back. Sudikantar. Oh, boy. All right. Um, Sudi, cursing himself for not having his golem bane scarab, to sc or not scanning this with his golem bane scarab, will activate his golem bane scarab. <laughs> Okay, uh, I don't think it requires an activation. I think, I think oh yeah, it, you just activate it to um, to scan something. Oh, you I guess can I uh, detect any golem within 60 feet, although you must concentrate a standard action in order to for the detection to take place. A scarab enables its bearer to combat golems with weapons, unarmed strikes, and natural weapons as if the golem had no damage reduction. Okay, that second part right. does not require activation. Ah, uh, okay. All right, cool. Uh, so in that case, I will uh, use a swift action to enlarge myself take a five foot step forward to begin kind of flanking around the side of the uh, golem to basically the opposite the way of Citra and uh, yeah sure I'll punch this guy okay okay so he explodes in height uh, actually taller than it now as he yeah, looms boy. up over it who's the big kitty now turns into a cat headed humanoid versus cat headed humanoid fight uh, wow. I only roll a four for a 20 a 20 bounces off the side of this as you bring yeah, your fist around figured. and slam it into it. Oh no. Kind of figured. That brings us to Lady Sophronia who will, she can't charge. She does see what Sudi's trying to do and also has fought a little bit with Citra so she'll go ahead and glide around the side, spinning her blade as she closes just to provide Citra the option of flanking immediately yes. next turn. Oh that's, that's very nice of her. That brings us to the golem. Yep. Uh oh. 
Come on, attack Lady Sophronia. Maybe your weapon, your fists aren't magical and it just do nothing. <laughs> it will. It full out attack Sudi. Well, it does a single attack against Sudi. It will use its bite since she got close enough for it to do that. Great. Its That's eyes fine. blaze to light, uh, seemingly smoking with inner fire as it stares down or yeah, stares Hollis, up at you. Hollis needs to get in there and make an arcana check. Okay, okay, okay. It dives to the attack opening its mouth, letting out a feline-like roar, which echoes through this chamber. It dives Whoa. forward with a 39. Holy cow! That would have critical me in second edition. Ooh. So yes, this gonna hurt, y'all. Uh, it chumps onto you for 25 points of damage as Whoa. it clenches onto your Whoa. shoulder. It's almost four-inch long canines biting through your side. Gracious. Uh, taking out a sixth of my health. Or a fifth of my health. Good gracious. We're gonna have to get this thing down fast. But it chomps onto you before flexing its two claws with its other hands and beginning to try to bring those to bear as you bring up your arms and block them. Taking us from the Panther on Golem to round one of combat. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis has a, oh duh, moment. Reaches in her handy haversack, pulls out the immovable rod she's been carrying for books and books. Drops it next to Masika and says, use that to keep this stone down. Then you can come in too. And uh, moves in it's so clever. she can see. That That is a clever girl move right there. <laughs> clever girl. Hollis, yep. you rush to the fore, leap off of the platform, tossing this rod back over your shoulder. As Narmer tries to dive out and grab it, and then it just misses it. <laughs> All right, what is this? I'm making the check. You may make a knowledge arcana as you rush into the room to look over at this massive golem that uh, Citra has yelled out that is a pantheron. They 32. This is a pantheron golem. Mm. Uh, again, you know everything that Citra did. You know that these things are rather rare. And as such, that actually is only enough for you to get one question pertaining towards them. Let's go with special attacks. Special attacks? It has a few. Mm. Uh-oh. First off. It causes blindness. Mm, probably. I'll give these probably in the order in which it occurs to Hollis. As you see this, you probably turn to let out a shout towards Sudi to get out of the way before Sudi already fails to as it chomps onto it because it has a cursed bite. Oh. Aww. In fact, all of its wounds are cursed. Well, we have a bunch of remove curse. We can figure it out. Well, this does not cause a curse in the remove curse variety. Um, mm. The damage a pantheron deals doesn't heal naturally and resists all magical healing. Yeah. A character Great. attempting to use magical healing on a creature damaged by a pantheron must succeed at a caster level check or the healing has no effect in, on the injured creature. Great. This remains until the injured creature is healed of all the injury that they've taken from the pantheron. Ah. All right. That's going to be a real pain in y'all. Secondly, this would probably occur to you as you look over towards the creature, you know, its eyes smoking. It can shoot beams from its eyes. <laughs> what? Cool. It's also got laser uh, eyes. It has it has laser eyes at a range of 60 feet. These are touch attacks. Mm. They deal fire damage and any creature struck by the beam must succeed at a fortitude save or be blinded for one hour. <laughs> oh, it's blinded. I the thing it. continues. Oh. <laughs> oh, I hate by the way, it is every single time that it shoots these beams at you. So even oh if you make the save God. once, it's wow. just again and again. Dude, that's the same DC is also not a uh, it's Rude. not a pushover. Wow. The third Great. thing you notice about it, probably registering this and going, oh, crap, as you can already see it taking effect is after it is engaged in at least one round of combat, a pantheron gains the benefits of the haste spell as a free action. 
Oh my gosh. This right. effect lasts for about six rounds. That it's, is a real problem. It's about to get real fast, so I'm going to get y'all real fast my next go. <laughs> that is what you know about the Pantheron. It also has a spell-like ability, although I would qualify its spell-like ability as being a special quality. Okay. Because it does nothing to attack or even defend itself, really, with. No, then that's fine. So, uh, from Hollis, who rushes forward, sees this and goes, oh crap, it's already too late. If I had thought of the removable rod, so stupid. That's why you look at your inventory, y'all. <laughs> Citra and Nahamra. Uh, Citra. You guys have been carrying that forever. It feels forever. Like. It's been like a long, long time. I can't even remember where you got it. Tefu, I think. We yeah, gotta it's like put it. Tefu, I think. We gotta start doing the thing where we put it against the doors, like when we're sleeping and stuff at night. Yeah. Was it in Chisisek's tomb? Mm, maybe. I don't remember. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I am going to kind of move out wide and uh, get into the flank with Lady Sophronia. Okay. And then I shall attack with my kukri. Are you going to try to tumble? Because you do think it probably has a 10-foot reach. Oh, it is a large okay, creature. Okay, then yes, I will attempt to tumble. Okay. Against the thing's combat maneuver defense. Which is probably high. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, yay. <laughs> well, I didn't roll horrible, but I didn't roll my best. But I rolled a 14. Plus my Senate board bonus. Uh, that still gives me a 36. Mm. That will just scrape by. Oh, Yay! <laughs> okay, so, so Citra tumbles into the flank. Very well. You tumble your way forward, sliding underneath this thing's outstretched arm. All right. I rolled a 16, which gives me a 32. That is a threat. A 32 will hit and threat as you dive into the flank, lash out with your blade. Will a 31 confirm? A 31 will confirm your critical nice. hit as you okay. slide down, leap up, see this kink right in the back of its right knee and jump up to stab at it. Okay. Not my best rolls. Um, so I do 35 points of damage. So you leap up, slamming your blade into the back of its knee. You feel this kind of almost this pulse of energy roll from your golem bane scarab down your arm as you feel it infuse your weapon as you slice into this thing, bypassing its damage reduction. All right. <laughs> a telling hit as Citra, you wrench your blade back free and the thing drops down to one knee with a crash. It turns looking over its shoulder back towards you and its stony ear in a shocking and a shocking amount of mobility for solid stone flattens back against its head as it stares mm. back at you and bears its teeth in a uh -oh, starling it's samurai posing. I, I am probably wearing a, well, maybe not a fresh girl. Never mind. You're <laughs> I was going to say, I symbols, but I probably wouldn't do it for Resh because he's a jerk. She. I don't think you've even found anyone. She. She, sorry. You can also debilitate him if you wish. I would yep. like to debilitate him. I'm going to um, uh, bewilder him. <laughs> bewilder. Yeah. Okay. So minus two to the group, minus six to me, which is probably a good thing considering I think he's about to come. You made him. A, you made him friendly to you. <laughs> but I mean, friendly in that he's going to try to kill you now. He's going to yeah. take a little nom nom. I really don't want him to nom nom me. Just a little nibble. That Personals. brings us to Masika of the Beckon. All right, Masika will pick up the movable rod and press it down against the platform and click the button. All right, nice. so move action to retrieve it, standard action to activate it. And then I guess I'll take a five-foot step and hop off the platform. 
Oh, you can hop down off of the platform. Mm-hmm. Nice. I think that's about all I can do. Yep, that's it. Unless you want to so. deploy an armor. <laughs> no. I can take him, Mashika. Mm. No, Narmer, you really can't. It's going to be a real underdog story. Mm. <laughs> oh, well. like David and Goliath. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is not David and Goliath right now. <laughs> so from Masika, Sudi Kantar. All right. Sudi's going to take a five-foot step up next to Lady Sophronia opposite Citra uh, on this thing. Swift action okay. move to pummeling style, and I'm going to full-out attack him. I mean, you're getting so through damage reduction, reduction. I am getting through his damage reduction, yes. Um, okay. So. I don't know if he's got anything else to use a swift action on. <laughs> so. yeah. Okay, so first one is a 9 for a 25. A 25. Oh, wait, sorry, 27 with the flank. That will hit your flank target. Yay! That is 5 and 8, so that is 13 points of damage. All right, a telling hit. Okay, and then Since a, you are getting through its damage reduction. Yep, that is a 3 for a 21, which is probably not going to hit. 21 will not hit your target. I was afraid of that. All right, what about a 17 for a 29? A 29 will hit as you bring your weapon, or you bring your fist back to bear. Six, uh, that is a 14 points of damage. All right. And then I will spend a key point to give myself another attack. Hey, that's a 19 on the die for a 35. Only a 35 will strike your target. Okay, so that is 16 points of damage to him. Still going. Well, you know, I tried. I mean, it's made of hit points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a race to the bottom type fight. But so you slam your fists over and over and over into this thing, trying your best to bring it down. As it brings this to Lady Sophronia, she does not have a way to get just past this thing's DR. So she'll just try her best. Mm. Yeah, this is not a fight for where a paladin is strong. Yep. Unfortunately, while it does serve an evil cult, it is not in itself evil. Yeah, so, it's also not chaotic, so no bonus damage for me. Nope, it really doesn't care. The paladin will left will heft her blade and attack. So 32 is going to hit. 37 is going to hit. That 14 will not. So she does strike twice as she brings her blade around to bear. For, yeah, roll the same for both. After damage reduction for five points for each hit. As her blade seems to rebound and bounce off of this thing as she continues to try to chop into it. Don't take any offense at this, but you certainly like your golems here in the south. No offense taken. I don't think we really like them as much as they're just here. They're super cool. <laughs> they're very handy for such a magical yeah, gash. people. We construct a real cool gash. <laughs> that brings us to the pantheron golem. Here Uh-oh. we go. Uh, it will start with a bite back at Citra. <laughs> Yeah, minus six. Minus six. Oh, and I rolled poorly too. Uh, it's a twenty-two. The, no, it does not hit. Uh, it then lashes out again with uh, tries to bite out with its hasted bite at oh, Citra. Jerk. That, however, is a it's a twenty-eight with a minus six. Ha! No, I have a twenty-nine. Yay! Yeah. Well, so Citra barely dives as this thing chomps out twice. It then spins, bringing its claws to bear on Sudi. Oh, boy. Oh, they're slapping each other. Don't sound so excited. Don't say, oh, boy. <laughs> and this is with a minus two, so that's a 35. You're yep, the same thing, hit. say, oh, Cyrus. Is even with the minus two? That's that's what the minus two is. Oh. a 37, otherwise. This thing's got good to hit. 
<laughs> Probably a good thing I debilitated it then. Uh, 13 points of damage from that first hit. Owie. Then claws uh, at Sudi again. Although that second claw uh, is only a 26 with the minus two. Uh, 26 will miss. Still, my curse my curse wounds are adding up. Continues to claw and slice into Sudi Kantar, bringing us around to the top of the initiative. Hollis Starkweather. All right, Hollis needs to move. Okay, I don't know if I need to haste Masika. Uh, I, yeah, even hasting yourself may not be really worth it. Well, I'm going to haste y'all, but I can get myself too. It's more that I don't know if I can get Masika too. Yeah, Masika oh, she's outside is of the room magic. You definitely can't get her. Yeah. yeah. All right, haste. Hey. I cast haste and I'm like, all right, now y'all can be on even fastness footing. All of you feel yourselves speed up. Or at the very least, this thing seems to slow down to moving at the same speed that you're moving as now all of you are hasted. This is just becoming one of those flash fights where to everybody else it's a blur, but to us it's all normal speed. Yep. Mm -hmm. From Hollis we go to Citra Nahamra. Well, now you're fast. Stab. Well, I'm debating whether I'm going to two-weapon fight. Extra sneak attack. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to two-weapon fight. All right. The rare Citra two-weapon fight. Nice. Uh, (laughs) I rolled a 17, which is a threat. Very good. Uh, let me add this up. 17 plus 15 plus 2. 34. 34 will strike your target as you dive to the four, slash out at it, hit right. threat, roll to confirm. Roll a nat Get one it. confirm. Get it, Citra. Oh, <laughs> natural one will that automatically one. fail your confirmation. Do you want me to go ahead and do all three of my attacks? or? No, you can do the damage one at a time. You, okay. you could feasibly I could, kill it. I could th- feasibly kill it, so... Getting through right. its damage reduction is a huge benefit since it does have a DR10. Oh, goodness. Yeah, Masika ain't doing squat to this thing. It was more important for Hollis to get in there and maybe know stuff about it than Masika to just stand there like, hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> if we had known about the rod slash if I had checked my character sheet ever. <laughs> All right. So yeah, because I, I rolled better though, I actually did better than my critical last time. Uh, that would be 36 points of damage. Nice. You launch yourself forward, ram your blade into the center of this thing's back, twist hard as you're pretty sure you've hit some sort of binding rune. The creature in its snarl back over its shoulder as it lifts up a claw, freezes, and stops. Hmm. Well, that feels like a waste. Because <laughs> you I, hasted I figure us for no Citra reason. <laughs> just kind of like looks over at you. A waste? Yeah, it means you can't use haste in a different fight. It's better to have it than not need it than need it than not have it. Oh, well. All right. All right, Sudi, uh, since we both have a Golubin Scarabs, <laughs> one of us <laughs> needs to check every room. Every I'm checking for Miss- traps, therefore I nominate you to check for golems. I think that's fair. We've passed so All many right. statues that y'all haven't even checked, Masika says, as she walks into the room. <laughs> We've been preoccupied. Mm. Mostly without the permits. <sighs> Hollis just nods and climbs onto this platform to look at this room or whatever it is. If only I had a golden beach scarab. <laughs> you I mean, have... I'm so interested in checking things all the time. You, you have your skull amulet. It sure is real cool. <laughs> Makes me look like I should be the lead singer in a metal band. So, so Sudi took 28 points of cursed damage. Um, I don't know if we want to try to get rid of all that. 
Hull uh, is stepping up on the platform. You may make a spellcraft if you so wish. Is it just a caster level check? Uh, yes, you'll need to cast a healing spell on him and uh, roll caster level. Uh, I rolled a 16, which gets me a 27. Okay. How much do you heal him for? Or would you heal me for? 27. You still have one point of curse damage, which I means have that you still one <laughs> curse point. All right, that is you know what? So Why don't you sad. just drink one of our cure light wound potions? I think because I'm it's going a caster to. level of one, and it probably won't. That's a fair point, actually. Yeah. So I'm basically gonna wait yeah. until I take more damage, I guess, and then get healed again. One point. That's so disappointing. But it means everything that you take from here on out won't heal, or no? No, it's just the. It's just the uh, one point. No, no, it is. It's if it's you try cursed. to heal him okay. for anything. Yeah, it does mean Masika just could try using right now just a first level like a cure light wounds or something to just top you off and also get rid of the curse. I mean, that would be nice, but I don't know if we want to waste that kind it's of. It's more just like if Sudi is bleeding out. The issue is if everyone is dead except Hollis and Hollis grabs this wand and use magic device, this moderate wounds wand. I'm, that wand does not have a very good caster level. To be fair, I do auto three. so there's that. Roll a 14. Does a 25 get through this caster level check? It does not. Boo! <laughs> it, is, it is a challenging thing to actually heal. All right, Dang so it, 18 for 29. Okay, that will heal him. And, and I believe bare minimum I for a cure light wounds. So yeah. <laughs> my bare minimum for a cure light wounds is 12 because of one of my hexes. So Spiff. Yeah, that, that wand of cure moderate wounds did not stand a chance of possibly healing mm -hmm. him. Nope. So. Oh. Hollis rolls an 11 for a 32 on her looking at this picture on the slab check. Okay. <laughs> Hollis, standing on this platform looking down, the carving here... For lack of a better term, you've seen this at places, again, you come from a much more magical kingdom than many. This is something sometimes referred to as a memory touchstone. Hmm. Cool. In essence, it's such a interesting and unique design that even standing here for a couple minutes doing a few circles staring down at it, you're fairly sure you could memorize this, probably taking about 10 minutes or so to really picture this chamber to make this as a studied carefully location for the purpose of teleportation. Whoa. Whoa. Also, while standing in this circle, you should be able to teleport out of this chamber without having to roll, as well as teleport back in without having to roll. Hollis, Hollis says, y'all, I'm going to take 10 minutes and study this because this is going to let us get in and out of here with teleport. Jessica, as oh. a player, says, this is a huge freaking dungeon and we're going to maybe have to leave here because why else would we Uh Yeah, I'm a little concerned with why they gave us an out in the middle of this place. I mean, this is not even in a convenient location either. It's like way out of the way. Yeah. Also, and I'll, I'll go ahead and throw this out even though this is a little bit of after party talk, but I do want to address this now just because it's great. I would give Jessica a hero point if we did hero points for this for that immovable rod. Yeah, that, that was, that was that, clever. Because the thing is, is you would have to pile up so much junk on this thing because it only depresses if it has 100 pounds of living material. Oh. But it can't exert enough force to move that immobile rod. Nice. <laughs> That's so, clever. So that was not even A plus. That was S rank maneuver right there. Yeah, nice. it's uh, you would have had to make the whole Sophie's choice when you kind of come in here if you wanted to leave because you'd have to leave someone behind to even get into this room. Yeah, because there's yeah. no way to there's no way to open it from the other side. Nope, you'd have to teleport out. I mean, it makes sense for this place to have something like that with its protections because it's way out here in the middle mm -hmm. of the freaking desert. The cultists have to make grocery runs. 
Well, it, it also lets them summon stuff in a, you know, the the summoner goes in, summons something into this spot potentially, and then oh, if it yeah. eats them, they close the door. You mm-hmm. know. Sure. Yeah, to lift the door, by the way, is a strength check DC twenty eight. Wow. I could not make that. And that, Oof. guys and gals, is why you keep the items they give you. <laughs> yep. Yes. Very nice. Well done. Very much so. All right. So Hollis is going to study in here. So y'all can do whatever y'all want for 10 minutes because she's going to mostly ignore you and like stare at this circle. I think Citra is going to sketch the the golem because it was pretty cool looking even though she had to kill it. But she's going to just kind of sit there and sketch while, while she's studying. To be fair, it's still actually pretty cool looking because now it's the statue down on one knee, mm. turning around, baring its fangs and hissing for all yeah. of eternity. So yeah. Sudi's going to draw a picture of that. Covered in Sudi's blood. I mean, such, uh, yep. Masika heals Sudi and then she and Narmer probably do something ridiculous, like pretend to be trapped in boxes or something. Handstands. <laughs> Narmer wedges one of the stones off of the wall and then like shines a little chest light through it to make a little like prismatic oh. art displays <laughs> in the wall. Oh, nice. Oh man, it's beautiful. I'm like my own personal Led Zeppelin show. <laughs> Who's that? Hollis, <laughs> you can take the time to memorize this. Citra, you kind of sketch out what you can see here. Cool. Well, I think we figured out this room, and it was pretty great to figure out, I think. So now we're going to go fight the Moftet. Yep, seems good. Uh, everybody out well, so I can get my rod. Before we do that, we need to tell the Girtab Lilu that we've uh, dealt with their uh, ghost problem. Wait a second. I look back in my pack, and I pull out the two tiles we found so far, and I'm like, where's the third tile? Did y'all search this room? I wasn't paying attention, y'all. I did not, but now I will. I mean, now we can, because we've got the time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can make a perception roll to search the room if you so I wish. Mean, Hollis will, but I don't know. If uh, I'll take 10 for a 31. I got a 3 for a 14. I rolled a 16 for a 33. I mean, and there's always a possibility it's somewhere else in here. It's not like the cultists are just confined to this area. I it mean, was the Serenre. It was the followers of Serenre that sealed this off. I hear correct. you, but I want to complete that puzzle and see if we uh, get something neat. Or, you Citra know, searching the, uh, summon something. I was going to say the corners of this room, but there's actually only one corner of this room because the uh. walls are so regularly shaped. No, you don't find anything in here. I don't think the tile is in here unless it's hidden very, very well, but mm. I've gone over this place with a fine tooth comb. It's possible this tile was destroyed a long time ago. Could just be in pieces somewhere. Oh, Sudi. Yeah, you're not very uh, experienced in the world of archaeology here in Osirian, are you? There's always the answer to the puzzle. I mean, you do realize before X this whole thing the with the mask, I was literally just like a, an inquisitor in training. Like, I didn't exactly get out much outside of what he... Mm, I have seen your mind prison. So, yes, this... Or your your mind... Your <laughs> mental palace. Your mind, mind palace. palace. So, I, I remember. In his case, it's more of a prison. It was like says. A, a library <laughs> waiting to be filled. That's All right, what I remember. So, uh, so, let's go tell uh, Rubala that... Uh, she will not be bothered by the ghost trying to make her do a nice thing anymore. Well, hopefully she did not stick around. I was just trying to help her. Ah, well, she don't want that kind of help. Go to have the party make me a knowledge religion. Hmm. Uh, okay, Hollis gets a 12 for a 33. Ah, 13 for an 18. Masika rolls a 14, which gets her a 27. Just a thought that would probably occur to Hollis. Probably to Masika as well. You found the first tile in the room that was the Shrivener's. 
You're not positive it was actually originally from the Scrivener's room or not. But that would have been a person of great importance to the cult. The keeper of lore, the keeper of their secrets, especially for a Sphinx goddess. The second one you did find in their, what seemed to have been their high temple. But you haven't actually found the chambers for something like the high priest or anything like that. All right. So that's going to be probably where the Moftet are. Okay, cool. All right. Let's head back to Rubula because she said that we needed to deal with the ghost. And, well, we've allied with the ghost, but also removes Rubula's problem. Mm -hmm. So. You have made a deal with me. (laughs) That's kind of the same thing. I guess we'll uh, head back north into the paw. Very or well. well uh, east, east into the paw. God, yes. I hate this map. Why did they do that? To make it probably uh, so fit to a page or in the book somehow or something. That is exactly so that it would fit to the page, guaranteed. Mm. Because they, they, orienate, they oriented it so that the paws are at the top of the page because it's a long map instead of doing it the way that they would actually be oriented. And it's annoying. It one, it fits to the page better. Two, the front of the Sphinx would always be facing east anyway because of the importance of the rising sun to Assyrian culture. Yeah. Yep. So, but it, it does kind of suck. <laughs> you collect yourselves, head off, begin making your way back through the halls, back through the antechamber where you were, back down the hallways that you made your way initially down, heading back up through the hallways past the, the wall of stone that once blocked off this section. Again, Lady Sophronia stays along your side, and unlike when you previously saw her, does not fade in her level of distinction now that she's in close proximity to her holy symbol. After that, you make your way forward, and then eventually begin to approach the door that leads into the front right paw. Are there any more gear to leave you out here, or...? Uh, Before we proceed, Sudi would probably turn to the party. We may want to not uh, have Lady Sophronia present. When we talk to Rubila, I don't think that she's exactly friendly, and I don't feel like we should be potentially provoking her. That's not a bad thought, actually. You would need to leave my holy symbol here. No. If you get too far from it, then... All right. I'd like to go play with that scrying pool again. Is this a situation where it is safe to to split the pool? Not probably really. Uh, I I was going to say... Give it to Narmer, who has an ex- who has a ridiculous stealth score, and just have them hide down in this hallway, where the blocked off door is. Yeah, that's shove, that's shove it in my cash cavity. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll do that. Since it is a bright glowing object, and I should probably put it in a, a light proof location. Like yep, hide it under a bushel. All right. Okay. Oh, you, I can just put it in. Maybe, maybe that means you can communicate with Stinger Junior. Oh God. Slide it in there. He, like, carefully puts it on Stinger Jr.'s stinger. <laughs> Where is this little guy? Oh, he's stinging me. That's how he shows his affection. Uh, Narmer rolls a 17, which gets him a 40 to hide, like, wow. somewhere. He's just floating up by the ceiling. <laughs> yep. They never look up, right? He just, like, hops up there, like, clings up to the ceiling, hovering in place, staring down. <laughs> you know, if I wasn't your friend, it should be like a like a J-horror movie moment. <laughs> Where I'd like skitter across the ceiling after people like some sort of crazy catfish demon. All right, Narmer. Anyway. Stay there and be quiet, okay? I will stay here and be quiet unless, you know, some hapless person comes by thinking about moving into a new place not aware of the curse of the Sphinx. Oh my god. Or unless you're in danger. Or unless I'm in danger. Yes. 
if I'm danger, I'll spit in their eye and then fly away. <laughs> Although I do have an awesome ghost lady with me, so I might be fine. That's true, it's true. <laughs> I will do my best to take care of your companion. He's very rebellious sometimes. I mean, y'all could go chill in the spa. <laughs> That's true. There might be the the year to blue loon there though. Yeah. They they might be having their uh, you know relaxation time. We don't want to impose. That's a great idea. Let's the two of us, the two people incapable of feeling physical things, go and hang out in the spa. <laughs> Fair point. Nice. So Narmer is hiding with mm-hmm. Sophronia as we go. Apparently, and quite speak. effectively too. Yes, <laughs> as we go speak with Rubula. So you all make your way forward. Make your way into the uh, the front right paw. Step forward. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Mm. Uh oh, the cult's here. I roll a three for a fourteen. <laughs> I roll a fifteen for a thirty-six. Roll a three for a ten. Roll a fourteen for a thirty-one. You make your way forward. Reach the end of the hallway. The door here closed. You slide it open into the chamber with the large step pyramid leading up. It's soft glowing lights illuminating the chamber. It is quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. It's mm-hmm. too quiet. They've either left or been attacked. I guess let's keep making our way forward towards where she was. I kind of want to inspect yeah. this uh, pyramid thing. I think we should try to see if she's... Oh, no, that'd be leaving something at her back. Yeah, we should check the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Or Zara. Hollis is going to cast the invisibility because well. she hasn't today, and that's a thing. You glance about, you don't see anything. I kind of want to take this potion of invisibility and walk around and explore a little bit. I mean, you could try to scout I mean, ahead if you wanted to. You could. I don't know if that's a waste of a potion, though. Well, we're get- here's the thing. There were guards here before. Yeah. What ha- so what happened to them? Well, they could have all just left because, like, we told them to leave. Before we get all paranoid, let's just check the area. Maybe they've just left. Well, she said she wasn't going to leave until we dealt with the ghost, and unless she just had a really restful night last night and was like, well, I didn't get visited by the ghost, they must have There's dealt with There's those them. other rooms that we didn't go into that are near where she was. Maybe they're just not out in this area anymore. Maybe. If the cultists did attack, maybe they've just holed up in that back area. I don't see any... We don't see any burn marks from cultists, right? You know, they're explosions. No, you don't see anything, in fact. All right, well, let's just make our way forward for now. We can give this area a thorough search if there's nothing here. But if it's awaiting on top of the pyramid to attack us, we should be able to see it. You make your way into the room, circle around the base of the step pyramid, reach the far side of the room. There's no signs of occupants or combat or anything. Do you wish to make your way into the Temple of Sekhmet? Yes. Yes. Hoss going to detect yes. magic and maintain that as we walk through here. Good idea. Very well. There's a faint uh, magical aura coming from everything. Yeah. Um, since, you know, there is that background magic. And then, of course, glancing up, you can tell that there's magic coming from those floating spheres. It's continual mm. flame. Cool. You step into the Hall of Sekhmet. Again, you can see the great rents marring the walls on the sides of this chamber. The shards of stone jutting from the walls like jagged blades. Citra would motion for everyone to stay, and then she's going to move up toward the hallway door and listen at it. Okay. Okay. You make your way forward, passing between the two depictions of the flickering images hovering in the the sides of the rooms of the goddess Sekhmet. And if we see any statues, I have uh, said for posterity (laughs) that uh, Sudi is now checking every 
Birkin statue. Well, it is a standard action, and so Sudi must declare that he is doing that. Yeah. I mean, we've already Sudi. been this way and haven't been attacked by any golems or anything. And again, so. these are these are almost like holographic, and these are illusionary images floating in the air, flickering between a lion-headed woman wearing a blood-soaked dress and a fierce female lion. Whatever. I just want to make sure we don't forget that again. <laughs> Go ahead and make me a stealth roll. The door at the end of the hallway is closed, by the way. I roll a 16 with my Senate bonus gets me a 34. You slink your way forward. Uh, is your wayfinder still on? I probably cover it or, or turn it off before I go up just in case. Okay. Well, I, I want to check that hallway door first, the one on the right side. I want to listen there first before I go to the far hall. You make your way forward. Slink up to this door. Pressure against it. Go ahead and make me a perception roll. I rolled a 10, which gives me a 27. You slink up to this, press your ear against the stone to try to hear to the best of your ability. You hear something. It sounds like whispering. Just someone saying, Areshkagal. Areshkagal. It continues whispering to itself. Citra gets a very concerned look on her face. <laughs> Looks back at the rest of the party with his horrified look. <laughs> Creepiest thing we've, fa we've found so far. Citra would like to slink back to the group. I rolled a 13 for a 31 stealth. Okay. You slink back quietly. So there is someone in there whispering? And the things they are whispering are really familiar. Familiar like they know us? Well, just just a second. Well, Masika is going to use her empathetic link with Narmer to send a feeling of, I don't know, something uh -oh. concern <laughs> or something to make him, like, realize he needs to come this way. <laughs> yeah, I think we can forego being polite. <laughs> uh, yeah. You get a strong sense of, uh, I believe the term would be FOMO. From Narmer. <laughs> what? Fear of missing out. Ah. Oh, that's the perfect emotion. Does he come weeing over the yeah. ziggurat after us? Uh, go ahead, give me a perception roll from the party. What does Narmer get taking 10 on stealth? Narmer gets a 37. Take I got a 4 for a 15. No, Narmer gets a 33 uh, taking 10. Oh, I only rolled a 30, 11 for a 32. Yeah, Masika rolls a 4. She does not see him. I only rolled a five, so I got a 22. <laughs> yeah, he gets a 33 taking 10. Oh, no. 
Suddenly, there's a weight on your back. Vasika hey, probably startles and tries starts to eat, but then stops herself. I am tonight. <laughs> there's a soft gliding ghost that comes up to you also. <laughs> Give the necklace back to Sudi. Okay. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. And then shakes free as Scorpion hands it over. Sudi will put on the necklace. All right, let's go. Do you want me to listen at the other door first? No, no, let's deal no. with creepy whispering that may or may not be related to us, because that's weird. Well, it kept saying a girl, a boy, something about the tomb. Did you mention the viper? Who's the viper? It's somebody who's been divining us. If they know about the viper. Maybe. I don't know. Because no one who knows the viper would be around here. Who's the viper? Old contact. He's a bad very, man. Very bad Don't worry person. about it. I mean, he sort of is. He's please, a gang leader. Please tell me that he's an awakened viper. Yes. It's also a crime boss. <laughs> he okay. Oh, goodness. That's disappointing. Okay. Or sweet summer boy armor. All right, we, all right. we go. Uh, I guess we'll all try to. Are we going to start trying to stealth up to the door? We pink panther I our hope. way to the door. Yeah, because that that's exactly how it looks with all of us but Sutra. Give me a stealth check for the party. I rolled a nine for a 20. Guess what, y'all? I rolled an 11 for a 14. I roll a 7 for an 18. No, sorry, 7 for a 15. I can't do math. Woo! <laughs> sorry, I didn't roll that great either. I rolled a 6 for a 24. <laughs> Narmer oh, only okay. rolls a 3, which gets him a 26. Mm. Yeah, we're doing our best. It's fine. Yeah. You slink forward, doing your best. You make your way up towards the door. I imagine, you know, Sudi, Citra, you pause. Beyond it, you can still hear the soft whispering. Should we knock? Just open the oh, door. Should just knock. open the door. <laughs> just try to be polite. So, it's a cultist. So like Nobody needs to like be polite. Holds up the, the three, the three finger, two finger, one finger, and then just goes through the door. <laughs> nice, nice. Breach, breach, breach. <laughs> you shove open the door. Surprise! It, please be Tetmanib, because that would be oh, wonderful. That, that'd be amazing. I miss him. Except he's praying to Ereshkigal now, yeah, which would not be so a, amazing. He's been a cultist of Ereshkigal this whole time. The cultist is spread out. He's converted. <laughs> the door slides open silently, as all these doors have slid open, revealing beyond it a chamber, a large chamber. From one side to the other, you'd say this chamber is probably about 50 feet wide, maybe some 40 feet deep. Every inch of this chamber is covered not in hieroglyphs, as you've seen elsewhere, but in beautifully disturbing paintings. Hmm. The dust of centuries lies heavy over everything in this room. Honestly, thicker than even what you saw whenever you went into the, the abandoned section where you found Lady Sophronia. This door opens and even disturbs this layer of dust here as if no one has stepped foot in this chamber in centuries. Three bare wooden easels stand angled towards each other. A small table nearby holds the remains of several dried up paint pots and a few wooden brush handles, their bristles seemingly literally eaten away by time. A whispering wind seems to fill this room, although you can hear it, you can't feel it. The chamber is empty. The whispering is still there. Areshkigal. Areshkigal. I see. 
Sudi, close the door. <laughs> An image slowly starts to form on the what? wall opposite of where you've opened the door. Lines steadily flowing as if from an invisible paintbrush. Black at first, and then gold, and then white, as from the top down, almost as if watching a painting formed and somehow sped up to impossible speed. This depiction of the golden mask of Hakatep paints across the far wall. Hmm. A boy, a man, the tower, the pyramid, the sky, I see. The painting on the wall seems to age before your eyes until it becomes mixed with, again, this kaleidoscope of different images of horrifying depictions of people burning upon stakes, of massive scorpions impelling people, of monstrous snakes rising up out of the earth, of what appear to be a hundred thousand different deaths painted on the walls. Hmm. Is this? Anyone that wishes to make a knowledge religion may do so. Yeah, McCallus um, also still has her detect magic active. Ooh. I roll a four for a nine. Not 24, 41, baby. Rebecca rolls an 18, which gets her a 32. Okay. Masika, Hollis, you think this room is haunted? Hmm. By some sort of insane painter right now is what it seems. That knows us. It's like pro prophecy and such. That room is totally haunted. Mm -hmm. Okay, Valley Girl. <laughs> <laughs> the room is totally haunted. We I wouldn't go in there. close the door because uh, I don't, I know. No, no. Yeah, I, th I think I think Sudi, upon the you know advice of his compatriots, will attempt to back out and close that door. <laughs> well, so that we can regroup, so that we can regroup and then decide what we want to do. You haven't stepped foot inside yet. Yeah. <laughs> so Sudi will close the door and then just like kind of kind of turn to everyone else. Well, I mean, we need to deal with it. Do we? Yes. Oh, Hollis, you could detect magic and tell that some of the paints on that table were magical. Oh, some of them paints are magical, which Citra might like. Um, well, I mean, I can bombard it with energy as well, but it seems really powerful. It doesn't really matter. I mean, we need to deal with it because it is dangerous. It seems prophetic, or maybe not prophetic, but it knows things. It could be reading our minds. Knew that as soon as I opened the door that I had the mask. Hmm. Again, dangerous. I think we should do something. But we can go check this other room in the mm -hmm. paw. And if it sees, if nothing else is here, we can deal with that. But I think we should leave it be for now and then come back just so that we don't get uh, ambushed. Okay, so we're checking the other rooms and then putting them to rest? That's what I want to do. I second that. I mean, I'm fine with that. All right. So I guess we'll slink up to the next... Uh, <laughs> Set, this this set of double doors uh, that goes into the uh, the next room, uh, leaving the Are crazy you, uh... painting that knows about us. Yeah, I don't love it. That's the most disturbing part is it knows us. That's the part that I don't like about yeah. that room. Are you all going up to the next door? Well, I thought Citra, Citra did the going? sneak in and then we followed. Yeah, I think I'm going to sneak up first. Okay, so go ahead and make me a stealth roll for Citra. I roll a 15, which gets me a 33. Citra, you slink your way forward. Make your way up to the door. Suppose press your ear against it. Go ahead and make me a perception roll. Why not? That's what we're here for, right? Rolling some dice. That's right. Mm -hmm. I roll a 14 for a 31. 
you slink your way forward, crouch down, almost like lay down on the floor since there's this crack underneath it that that flickering light of the silver fire is coming out from underneath, from the chamber where you met Rubila when you first came through here. You hear voices, not the deep voices of the Girtablilu, but the muffled voices of masked men. Uh-oh. Citra just looks over and then does a motion in front of her face like mask. A mask, yeah. <laughs> Let's get him. You think a half dozen, maybe more? Gosh, mm. that's a lot. And then she okay. kind of does the eh sign and then six fingers. How much space is underneath that door? Yeah, not, can you see him? Not enough to get line of like, <laughs> sight. Oh, <laughs> I was like, would it be cool to throw a fireball bead under that door? <laughs> Well, we don't know. Maybe oh, they man. have some Geertzalibli pr- imprisoned in there. We don't, you know, let's... <laughs> let's I, uh, I mean, again, you've seen no sign of conflict. It's almost as if the Geertzalibli just... Left. <laughs> it's almost like you walked in and said, by the way, guys, the jig is up. And they said, oh, okay. And then left after you <laughs> just camped for half a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, maybe the cultists came after them and are like, wait, well, where'd they all go? Maybe they left because Sophronia had, had been coming to Rubella every single night. And after we said we were going to deal with it, she didn't. So maybe they either they either succeeded or they all died, but they never came back. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, all right. I guess Sudi will sl- slink up next to the door so we can get ready for a dramatic entrance and fighting more people that explode. Yeah. Masika right. grips her mace and is ready. Hollis quietly, ca- like, casts echolocation on herself and is ready. <laughs> Good idea. Wait, wait, wait. Why does Hollis need to see invisibility and, like, ec- oh, echolocation because of the blindness. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I suppose you make your way forward. Yep. Go ahead and give me a stealth roll for anyone moving up. Yep. Dang oh. it. I rolled a two for a 13. I rolled a 10 for a 13. I roll a five for a 13. Narma rolls a Citra s- is just like Why is it face palming right now. Narma so- rolls a six for a twenty-nine. Citra notices all of you guys not being stealthy and reaches into her handy haversack and drinks a potion of invisibility. <laughs> That's I fair. love it. I'm a big fan of it, to be honest. Citra just, I imagine, doesn't even turn to look away. She just kind of sits there, and you just see her like, you know, a little twitch in her shoulders with every step that you take forward she just reaches down, pulls out a thing drinks it <laughs> slides the glass vial back away fades from sight she's like y'all are not ruining my sneak attack Hollis approves <laughs> Hollis can still see her yeah, yeah Hollis true. can still see me just fine <laughs> Sudi looks over at empty space Masika gives a thumb up thumbs up Minton holds up his fingers for the yeah, countdown does another, another countdown <laughs> shoving open the door you push through this door into the large chamber light floods past all of you as you do so as it opens into the room with a silver bonfire burning bright within its rectangular pit in the center of the chamber You feel the heat wash over all of you as it rolls past, the light reflecting off the polished shields affixed to the vaulted ceiling. Ahead, amongst the stone workbenches forming a half circle around the pit, you see eight armed cultists. Hey, they're not monks. Two of them, the unarmored ones. Dang it. Two of them slide back into a fighting position. The other ones bellow in rage as electricity crackles through them. And I will need initiative from the party. 
next time. Oh, goodness. I am very pleased with my decision to drink this potion. That was, yeah, that was a good call. That was a very good call. This is what you get for sleeping. (laughs) This is what we get for sleeping. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mommy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.